1: Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan.
0: I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is The Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of The Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with my good friend, Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you?
1: I'm great. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Sarah and I are going to be talking about something today, and I I can't remember the exact working title, but I want to say it's Stuff, Junk, and Things. Is that Stuffed right, Stuff, Junk,
1: and Things, stuff- and that is a direct quote from our listener who posed this question. So thank you, Kate, for uh, titling this episode for us, because it's a great little catchphrase, Stuff, Junk, so, and Things.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the things, the stuff, the clutter, the junk, the toys, Um, and all the accoutrement of family life that Mm -hmm. um, can sometimes take over and feel very overwhelming. But first we're going to do semi irregular irregular segment and this one we're going to be talking about products that we're either recommending or just find intriguing. Sarah, I'm going yeah. to let you go first on this one because you have one that I know um, a lot of people was on a lot of people's wish lists this year. I feel like this really broke yeah, out it, this year. This is this is a breakout year
1: for the <laughs> robot vacuum. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I the Roomba was on my radar for several years, and I feel like I I don't know this for sure, but I feel like it got a little bit of negative press for being you know very expensive and maybe not all it was cracked up to be and i think a lot of new technologies start out that way right like it seems like a great solution but there's more kinks and so i feel like this is the year that maybe we've reached that tipping point where um yeah
0: so anyway i think it used to be one of those things like fancy people had or like it was a not even a luxury but sort of like a just like silly.
1: <laughs> right. And <laughs> you know? then sometimes I, I definitely remember hearing that it was not as effective as yes. it was cracked up to be. So right. then, then it's very expensive and also not effective. So anyway, um, for Christmas, I actually received two robot vacuums because my parents and my husband did not uh, chatter with each other about what, who was getting what. Oh gosh, so definitely... um, we returned one obviously, but um, we got the Neato, which is not the Roomba. I feel like Roomba obviously has, the highest brand recognition, I'm sure market share. Um, But Brian is kind of a research, he likes to research technology and electronics. So he did a lot of research and I think for our home and for pet hair specifically, and for a few other reasons, uh, Roomba still gets great, great reviews. Um, But the Neato, so it's Neato bought back and I will link to it. Um, They actually have several models ranging in price but ours is at the higher end. It's so funny. It like will send you notifications on your phone while it's working. So it'll be like, I'm stuck or like, please, you know, please, I'm going back to charge my battery or like, (laughs) you know, please remove me from the corner or whatever. Actually, it doesn't get stuck very often. It's very smart. It learns your floors. And um, I put a little video. I'll have to put that in the show notes on Instagram of it, like tootling around my floors. So I will say the thing with a robot vacuum is you still got to pick up your C-R-A-P crap before you let it loose, which is perfect for what we're talking about today because I feel like half of the battle in doing my floors is picking up all the stuff off the floor to be ready to vacuum or sweep or whatever, so... Does um, it pick up dog hair pretty well? Yes, it does. That would be that hair, would really be is, the, the big thing I would be there yes. for. And that's one of the, I think that was one of the decision makers. It's also D shaped instead of round, which means I don't know like the details, but it can go it feels like it can get better into little nooks and crannies. Little nooks and crannies, which means you don't have to pick up you know, I there's a couple tables that I move away from the wall a little bit. Like I do a little bit of prep for it. Um, but it really is pretty good. And it's it's very smart in that it learns your corner. So if there's a corner that it kind of, like, gets stuck in the first time, it'll learn that next time. It's well, pretty that's cool. cool. It's very um, cool. What
0: was the price point on it? I think it was 6
1: Okay. Um, and the my parents had gotten me the Roomba, and they'd also done a lot of research. Um, and, again, I think that's a great product. And I think the one that they got was in that same range. But I think both have different um, – different models depending on what you need just like a kitchen aid mixer or something yeah. you can like do the high end so and now you so- just need a cat that can ride around on it <laughs> yeah exactly or um <laughs> like a stereo well that was in parks and rec where he put his little um bluetooth um <laughs> speaker play. so it was like a little a little um mobile stereo that moved around anyway oh, oh, funny yeah so that's the neato that's my robot and no, you have a
0: robot now how cute well know, the, the reason i decided i need, I need- the reason I decided I need a robot is because the kids for Christmas got a BB-8, the little Star oh, Wars robot. Right. And Which
1: is what we named our, our vacuum. Oh, so that's, that's hilarious.
0: Out. Well, so William took some pictures of it you know, flying around the floor and Instagrammed one of the pictures, and I was horrified by how dirty my floors were. Yes. So one robot led to me you now wanting another robot.
1: My if, floors show so much. They're really beautiful. Um, ours too, the- but they're, they're
0: shiny and like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh darn dogs anyway um okay so mine isn't exactly a product recommendation in fact i find this it's so funny how the timing of this stuff sometimes works out but last night i posted um i'm sure everybody listening has heard of the book the magic the life changing magic of tidying up by marie kondo, yeah. kondo? kondo. marie mm-hmm. kondo um i have been hearing so much you know i'm always kind of skeptical i'm tend to be a little bit of a contrarian and i've heard so much about this book since it came out um and i have not read it but last night i posted you know, I wouldn't say super critical Facebook status. Just kind of like, I don't get it, you guys. From what I've heard about it, I I don't go into people's houses and see clutter all that often. I feel like most people I know deal with their clutter pretty well, at least on the surface. Now that doesn't mean it's not lurking around in closets and that. And I know everybody has places in their houses that they could clean and stuff like that. Of course, I absolutely do. Um, I'm staring at one of those places right now. I just feel pretty content, so I kind of posted the status like, I don't get it. You know, most people I know who aren't either moms with little little kids, who are you know strewing right. toys literally everywhere, or who aren't like hoarders. Yeah. Um, of a certain age, I tend to find like the retirement age hoarder yeah. thing is is like a thing right now. But I, I just 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 doesn't feel like a big problem. And man, it was one of those threads that really kind of blew up. People yeah. are really into this. So I feel like now I have to read it and be more fair.
1: I think you should read it, but I don't think you'll change your mind. We're to talk- <laughs> okay. It's funny because we had this slated and our sweet listener, Kate, sent this in and we're going to stick to her question, which really is separate from the KonMari Marie Kondo book. But it is so funny, the timing, because we right. were going to talk about this and then you had a Facebook debate about it. I actually have read the book. Um, and in a minute, I'll tell you my reaction, but you should read it, but I don't think you'll change your mind. I think you'll hate it. I
0: mean, just, (laughs) just my personal. Okay.
1: Well, I think it was, you know, a lot of people had really
0: good points to make about emotional attachment to stuff, which I know isn't exactly what we're talking about today, but sometimes I think with little kids and their stuff, like the emotional attachment matters. I think I had more of that in my younger years. I've moved a lot and that's made me much more ruthless. Um, now truly if there's if I have clutter I haven't gotten to yet it's because I just haven't gotten to it yet. Right. It's not because I can't throw something away or whatever. But what someone a commenter said in this in this um thread which you might not have missed cuz it was like buried. Yeah. She said something like, you know, walk into the room and look around at the things you don't like or you don't care about, what is the vibration of your heart doing or something. And I'm like, I don't, this is not speaking my language. So <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> If the whole book is like that
0: it, a know. lot of
1: it is okay. okay. So I'm going to tell you my reaction to the book because it's really funny. And listeners, if you, it's a fast read. So even if you think this isn't going to be life changing for you, it's it's such a fast read that it's just interesting to see what everybody's talking about. But I, my experience reading the book was I had like a like a violent hatred of this <laughs> concept for most of my reading of the book. I mean, it's it's translated from another language, so there's a, there's a translation gap. I think in in the in the reading of it, there's a okay. huge cultural gap between living in big Japanese cities. There's yeah. a major gap in the fact that um, she did not have children. She actually has a baby now, but did not have children. And most of her clients did not have children or had like one child. Okay. So there's always all of these huge gaps that just made And then And then it is rather dogmatic. It's a little mm. bit extreme. So I just had, I kind of like hated her. I don't mean that personally, but just like really <laughs> felt fired up. But here's the big, but I would find myself later, like later in the day, I read it in like two or three sittings. It's very short thinking about one or two things that I think are really powerful. So I have a very, like a very strange reaction to it. I didn't really, it did not change my life. I don't think it's magical. And like you, I'm sort of always a little suspicious of like wide sweeping trends. I think you and I are the same that way. However, as like as much as I didn't like reading it, there are like two or three little things that I'd come back to later in the day that I thought were interesting and thought provoking. So yeah. it's it's kind of worth a read for that. And I, okay. I I would bet Megan that you'd have something similar where there'd right. be one or two things conceptually, and then the other ninety eight percent you would just want to like throw it into the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, and I know um, and I know people I love and respect who seriously die by it. You know, like yes. loved it. So it's so yeah. interesting. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Bionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair.
0: Use code hour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at BionicsShoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, and I think that we all do have different different levels of uh, emotional attachment to things, and sometimes it's the things we have to get rid of, and sometimes it's the reason for buying things, and you know why we hold right. on things. And so I, I don't discount any of that at all. Um, I just, yeah, something. I, it just kind of struck me from what I've read that probably wouldn't sit that well with me, but I will give it a shot now, just because, because you recommended it, Sarah. Yes, and I do everything such a, you tell
1: me. It's a fast one. So listeners, if you have strong opinions one way or the other, we want to hear uh, about just it. Leave us a comment at the dot com on this episode thirty five. Um, yeah. And we want to hear. Um, I will say one more thing on that is that, you know, obviously you do a lot of purging, especially in your clothes and closet. And that was probably where if I applied any of this, it was in my own wardrobe. I mean, the rest of the house is like a lost cause. It was not going to go Marie Kondo. But um, I actually like in the when the weather turned colder a couple months ago, I was like, where is that? Shirt or sweater. And you know how they always say, all all like purging experts will always say, like, you'll never miss it. If you'll you haven't miss, worn it, yes. you'll never miss it. I definitely got it. rid of a couple of things that I missed after reading that book. Not oh, like no. really missed, but I was so it was so extreme that then I'm like, hey, where'd that shirt go? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So this episode is the i I'm calling it the non Kanmari method for dealing with loads of crap year yes. after year. That's my subtitle. Um, all right. So, all right. So I'm going to bring us back to Kate. And Kate yeah. sent in this question to us a long time ago, four months ago, maybe. So I'm happy we're getting it. It was buried a- under a pile of stuff, Kate. Sorry. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was in the clutter of my email. Um, and she was so sweet. She wrote us a really nice – I'm not going to read her whole, whole email, but – She said, I have an idea for you, stuff, junk, and things. She said, I had a writing teacher in middle school who would not let us use those words because they are so unspecific and vague. That phrase perfectly describes the tidal waves of stuff that enter my house with every holiday and birthday. I kind (laughs) of love that setup because um, it's so true. Like, it just, in parenting, and she has a three-year-old, so that... Um, Especially with toddlers and preschoolers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just yeah. is a tidal wave of stuff. And it's sort of, you know, it, you just lose control of, you know, liking everything in your house or having everything have its place. And there's an element of kind of surrender, I think, that yes. we'll get into that. But anyway, Kate's specific questions, I think, were really, if I were to summarize, were really. Number one, how to kind of minimize the intake, like not, you know, she talked um, about grand, very generous grandparents and wanting to give a lot of gifts at birthdays and holidays. And I can relate to that because I had the first grandchildren on both sides and have very generous three sets and very similar to Kate. So how to kind of minimize or manage the intake and then how to purge, like how to get rid of stuff when your kids get attached to it. And then how to you organize what you do have within the home? So those are, I mean, we could write a book about that, but those are, right. I think, some of the things we're going to touch on today yeah uh, so thank you Kate for the well, question you, we Kate. love we love um listener input so let's talk first about kind of the intake like ma- minimize it, minimizing if that's what you want to do or managing how much crap gets it can I say crap on this show I've already of done it I think it's pretty p. not gonna get us all, that's that that a that pg word little, that little <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> there's no other word I mean no. stuff junk and things really equals crap crap yeah um all right so I know, I I think you probably had a different experience than me with the like generous grandparents and loads of gifts at birthdays and holidays. Um, But I, this is something that we definitely have have been blessed with, I will say. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does, I think there's something that feels like it's a little bit out of your control when when it's just being stuff that's being given to your kids. Um, And the one thing I will say to Kate is that gets a lot better as the kids get older. And there's a certain part that will just resolve itself because yes. number one, toddler and preschooler toys are, are big in size. They're getting yep. things like trikes and ride on toys and push yep. toys. And they're big and plastic that goes away really fast. Toys get smaller, physically yes, smaller. Physically they smaller. also get more expensive and grandparents right. just peter out. There's more, yeah. grand, there's more grandkids that get added to the mix. and um, the kids' interests go to things like art and books and Legos. So, I mean, I don't want to say just stick it out, but in a way you can kind of stick it out because that, the just sheer volume does, I think in most families resolve itself. Would you, do you have Oh, any?
0: absolutely. I, you know, it's funny cause they go like Jacob's first, maybe two birthdays and Christmases, right. he was the first grandkid on my, on the in-law side. And it was just a flood Of stuff and man, that has really has really slowed way down. I mean, they do go through everything's huge at first, like you said. Things then get smaller for a Mm. while. They get like annoyingly small, (laughs) especially with girls. I don't know what it is with girls and tiny, tiny little toys. Um, with boys, like the tiny toys tend to be Lego, and it all just goes in one place. But with girls, it's like everything is tiny, and it's eight million different types of tiny things. (laughs) So that's continued to be, you know, a little bit of an issue. Um, but. It does change a lot. And I would say my boys' rooms now, the youngest boy being 10, they are Spartan. Like, they're, yeah. they hardly have any stuff. Yeah. Because everything is sort of like one unit. You know, it's like there just isn't – I don't know. It's just not the same as it was. Um,
1: so, yes, and, that and definitely the gift does. Giving, the gift-giving frenzy, I just yeah. think, calms itself down. People are so excited, and generous grandparents are so excited to give. And baby toys are kind of fun, and it's, yeah. like, so easy to and buy. And they're not them. expensive. To buy them without right. asking for a lot of input. As the kids get older, there's a lots
0: of selection and yeah. yeah, and they're not super expensive. So right, exactly. Yeah.
1: So as the kids, so that part solves itself, I think. Um, if you just wait a little bit, um, Kate did say that she's asked for no gifts at at friend birthday parties, which I think is a great strategy. We've done that on and off. It depends on how big the party is and yeah. how close the friends are. But asking um, at least for certain groups to do no gifts, I think, is a great strategy for some people, especially if you have a small home or yeah. And then absolutely. she mentioned that she f- sometimes feels sad that they don't buy a lot for her child from mom and dad because they know that there's already so much coming. And I can really yeah. relate to that. Um, and I think in my early years as a parent, I felt that a little bit. I would get all- give all the ideas to the grandparents and then I'd be like, well, there's I'm not going to get them anything else. I right? know much yeah. they're getting. And I think I've just let go of any emotions about that the kids are so happy with their gifts and And they don't know i get to love them in a million other ways they're not keeping track of like what did mommy pick out and i think on like really small holidays like a a little valentine something or an easter basket i then get to have more fun picking out one little thing yeah no i agree so um those are the things that kate said she's already doing that i think are good strategies you know, just, one, thing, just,
0: one thing I did, I w- I'm going to say up until like definitely at three, maybe even up till four or five, um, you can almost kind of see, like you can see as your kids are, if there's just a glut of gifts, and it's just way too many, you can kind of mentally start taking stock of what's going to be the, the thing that they're going to really want to play with and what's the stuff they're going to forget about. And I remember very clearly like making two stacks of gifts, yeah, like not yeah. in any obvious way, not in a way anyone would notice, but I would like take, you know, it takes an hour to get stuff out of the packaging anyway. So I right. picked the one that I knew absolutely was a go. That was right. going to be like the big exciting gift. Start taking that out of the package, kind of shove everything else yes. behind the couch or whatever. And then I would often do, those are the regifts. Those yeah. are the the ones that you just go in the closet and you pull them out on a birthday or something. I mean, there's just, you don't, you're not obligated. And right. I, I know this sounds really ungrateful and terrible, but you're not obligated to throw every single gift your kid gets into rotation right, right, right. now. Right. Um. Maybe there'll be another time later in the year when, you know that toy, yeah, could be like a rainy day surprise, yeah. or maybe no. I think be, that's a know. great strategy. Yeah, so keeping it going. Yeah, yes, that's absolutely. A great, and great just idea. you can. I think you just you have the right to be a little selective about what you unwrap. Yeah, and throw in in the toy box. Today. And
1: if um if you have relatives who are open to ideas, I think it works differently in every family. But if they really are genuinely asking for what the kids want or what you guys need, and mine have been so great that way. Um, guide them toward, uh, guide them toward, um, more expensive. I don't mean that in a bad way, but fewer, like less yes. quantity and more quality. I've always asked for things that like, I think, gosh, that's kind of a lot. The magnet, I use the magnet tiles example in our holiday gift episode, yeah. which we'll link to cause that has some good toy ideas, but they are intimidatingly expensive, but they, they last forever and the kids play with them every day. And so I'm much more, if a grandparent is asking, and I think sometimes the grandparents like the idea of giving a lot, giving a lot of you know, um, quantity, but if you can steer people toward quality and, and score yourself some really long lasting, beautiful products, number one, they tend to look better. You feel really good about, you know, your kids playing with them year after year, and it minimizes the number of, you know, the amount of stuff. So not everybody's open to those kinds of suggestions or even, you know, has the budget, but if that's an option, you know, say, look, we know you love to give. This is something that we're not able to spend the money on right now. But if you're, you know, if you're up for it, or if you'd like to go in on it with the aunt and uncle, then we'd love that. And that way you're getting one big thing instead of 20 small. For sure. Um, I have two comments to make about kids who are getting older. So I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like five,
0: six, seven, and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Um, One thing that we found really helped was to Limit the number of systems that we sort of invested in and then ask people to, like, chip in on that system. So what yeah. I'm getting at is, like, I'm not going to have my kids collecting both Lego and that other thing that's like Lego, but it's right. not. You know what I mean? Like, right. or if they're into building sets, I'm not going to have them into two different, like, the robot right. one. And, like, We got to kind of pick something and go with yeah. it. Because if people don't know that your kids are really into one, they'll just buy like a starter kit right. from something new right. and now you've got two. And where are you going to put the second one? That. The pieces don't interchange. Right. They don't right. work together. So I think it kind of early on, <laughs>
1: it's yeah. not like you
0: have to make a choice about your kid's toy future, but I think early on, like what you did with the magnetiles and we've done mm-hmm. with Lego, you just kind of got to like, you kind of got to commit yeah. to one or the other. Um. There's nothing worse than having Two kinds of building sets yeah. that both look a little bit like Lego, but aren't both yeah. Lego yeah. get mixed up on the same table. And then the yes. kids don't find out yeah. until later that, excuse me, none yeah. of the pieces fit each other. So it's just one comment. Not really for little kids, but it can be,
1: honestly, even Duplo. I mean, yeah. there's a, knockoff yeah. brands of Duplo that don't yeah. fit Duplo. And that and, goes back to, two giving the feedback. If people are open to feedback, yeah. don't feel bad about saying, this is what we've got our eye on. <laughs> this is what yeah. we like. No, Totally. Um, The other thing that I
0: have been very clear about, and I do it in a really joking way, so it's not, I mean, I'm not like, you know, like some kind of dictator sending out, you know, some kind of demands about what kind of gifts you can give my kids, but when people have asked me, I've just said, like, please, please, please do not buy them those fakie science kits. Please don't do it. Those things are like, you know what I'm talking about. Well, explain. I mean, I'm sure I do. The ones that like are first way overpriced, and you open them up, and it's like a different little package of each little powder, and then like oh a, yeah yeah yeah, you know what I'm talking about. There's yeah. like a tongue depressor, and like maybe some kind of powder you mix with water, and it turns into some kind of adhesive or something. Whatever. Yeah. It's always like it's like a volcano kit. Yeah. So right. it's like a $25 volcano kit where everything's individually packaged and they can't do it without supervision because you have to literally open the packaging for them. Or like with the girls. I feel like we had a couple of years with oh. like make your own lip gloss and make yes. your own, oh, yeah. Those have always been a disaster. I, I, just, I, I, I remember the year that we got an um, ice cream making kit and it took all of the men in my family like taking turns. So like my dad, or not my dad, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my husband... Um, and all the boys who were bodily able yet <laughs> to crank this thing for an hour and they oh got like a scoop of ice cream out of it. And I thought, okay, someone, I mean, it was funny. It's like a funny family memory, but right. it's just junk. It went in the trash yeah. because I'm not, we're never going to do that again. Right. And I'm never going to buy all the powders that have to go with it and stuff. Right. I just feel like those gifts are super fun to buy, and they seem really fun to give. And the kids always go wow. And yeah, then... it is. It's
1: a good. It's a good wow at the <laughs> opening.
0: But it never really pans out, and it, those become clutter because you don't want to get rid of them. Yeah, because they seem like some. You know what I mean? They seem right. like something you don't want to just throw away. Right. But then they never really get used or they do and they just make a mess.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm unfairly biased, but I have a big problem with those. And actually, one of the things, one of my last points for the kind of managing the intake that I had written down is that just beware of anything. And this is really exactly what you just said. Beware of sets that have to all stay together in order to be fun. Or that only work when all the parts or pieces or batteries are there. Yes. So in other words, you do not want to spend the rest of your year with little kids coming up to you and saying, do you know where the little disc that goes into this um, projector goes? Or can you change the battery so that this works? You're not going to avoid this 100%. But if that can be only 10% of your toys and not, you know, 60, it will just save you just, you know, hassle. Yeah, totally agreed. So, Should we move on to the next, yeah, the next question? Let's do. So let's talk about purging. Purging. Um, okay. And this is a big one. We're gonna skip the Kanmari method, because you could read the book for her method. Um, but my first tip on purging is ignore the advice that tells you to involve your kids okay. as a way to You don't teach want to them. involve your kids. Don't involve your kids as <laughs> As a way to teach them altruism and donating things they no longer use. This, they are not developmentally capable of that until they are, how old do you think, Megan? Oh, like 10? I mean,
0: t- well, I mean, 14? yeah.
1: <laughs> Older. First of all, they might feel the altruism. They
0: might know in their heart it would make someone happy to give them something. And I'm not saying kids under that age, you know, eight or right. maybe eight are yeah. unable to sacrifice. It's just that they literally to them, it's so overwhelming. And every yeah. time I've ever handed my kid a bag and been like, you know what, go through your stuff, pick out what you, you know, you really don't need or you want. And we'll give that to someone that's going to make them really happy. Um, I've ended up with a bag, like a huge trash bag with like two gross stuffed animals, the dog chewed up at the bottom. Like that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what your kids will do. It's not, yeah. they're not selfish brats. I mean, no, they're not un- incapable just... of
1: empathy. It's not no. that. They're just not ready. They're not they're ready. Do not involve your children. Um, Instead, sneak around the house when they're at school or sleeping and be ruthless. Um, it feels yeah. so good to do that. I mean, I did, I feel like a re- I feel like the Grinch, but in like the most satisfying way. But then here is my one strategy. Keep it in the garage or basement or somewhere for like a couple weeks and see if anybody notices. Yeah. Because that way you have the chance if they really are. Um, I'll never forget one time we had friends come over. And that it wasn't even one of my kids, but the little girl was like, where is that big giant stuffed rainbow snake. And it was one of those really bad stuffed animals from like a Chuck E. Cheese, but it was really big. Yeah. And she remembered it. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Oh no, oh, no. It's in the Goodwill That's bag. So funny. But the Goodwill bag was still in the garage. So like give yourself whatever. And don't let that become permanent clutter because eventually you do have to just goodwill it i put it right in the back of my car because
0: honestly yeah, i won't i won't get by goodwill for a week or two anyway and that gives me kind of a natural buffer but right. i will say that rarely happens i try not to worry about it too much right like that's kind of one of those fluky things like you getting rid of a sweater and then realizing yeah oh, it's I like oh like well that
1: sweater yeah, yeah. And, right. And, I mean, I just usually play dumb. Like, oh, I don't know where that is. I better just keep looking. Like, yeah. my, Violet's still asking about a book I got rid of like six months ago. She'll still be like, where's that book? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so don't involve your kids. Just sneak around. Um, they'll be ready. They're, you know, you can work on their empathy and altruism in other ways. Exactly. Um, and then my other thing there was if you, if you aren't ready to purge, just at least rotate. Like I rotate a lot where I move toys that were upstairs maybe toys that were in their bedrooms downstairs to our living area Mm -hmm. or vice versa and they play with them more and differently or they'll find new ways to combine um you know a couple different building sets or something so that's a good way to shake things up it also kind of helps reveal if they really are still playing with stuff and maybe it was just too far away or if they really aren't so if you're not ready to purge rotate my
0: other one. Um, You know, you you mentioned when you were talking about your neato, um, the, the the need to sweep before you use it. <laughs> and I remember watching my sister. She really taught me how to be ruthless, um, was when her daughters were in the poly pocket phase. And her daughters mm-hmm. are both adults now. So this was, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And right. it she would sweep the floor and just throw everything she swept up away because there was so much of it. I mean, it was... Right. There were shoes and purses and little tiny coats and like every little kit was, you know, three, four bucks. It wasn't a big deal to eventually buy more, but it was like, you could just tell she made sort of that, you know, that mental decision, that judgment call in the moment, like the life energy I will expend picking the little pieces out of the dustbin and right. then finding a place for them is that right. worth it. Nope, there they right. go. And the kids never notice. I mean, there's a no. million, those things come with a million pieces. Yeah. So I've gotten, I'm kind of the same. It's, if it's something like really important, I'll keep it. But mostly, most of the time, if something is kicking around on the floor and no one even notices, right. no one's going to know if it goes in the right. trash. So Agreed. yeah.
1: As you write your life story, you're far from finished.
0: Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued Um uh, and it can be fun. I've actually kind of I kind of get a kick out of throwing things away when no one's looking now.
1: Yeah, no, I totally do. That's <laughs> what I said. I'm like the gleeful grinch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it is hard. And here's I'm gonna say something about uh good old Marie Kondo in right now about getting rid of stuff. And one of the little nuggets that I took away that I think is a good philosophical one is when you do feel like you're holding on to something either because I'm gonna need it in the future or there's an emotional attachment. Her advice or her what she says is to separate that thing having done its job or served its purpose already, which that's where the emotional attachment right. is, right? Like using your example of the science kits or your make your own lip gloss, the excitement of that was the, the person who got to pick it out, the child opening it with a yes. big smile, the glee of opening up the little packages. Those things were real and they have already happened. It has, right. already, it's been it spent. has already served its purpose. <laughs> right. And of course she gets really like philosophical and kind of Eastern about it and wants you to like thank it for its service. But that I actually really like that because uh, if you can do that, it separates. It, I don't. I don't feel bad about throwing this away because I've already had the experience of what it brought me, and I know that sounds yeah. a little woo woo, and it is. But it it was helpful to me because it really allows you to be a lot more ruthless because you can say this sweater has served its purpose. I loved it. I wore it for five years. It it no longer has that purpose. Goodbye. Yeah. So, um, oh, I I do. Think, yeah. That makes sense to me. I think um, that's a good thing. If a uh, little. Tidbit from her for purging is just to be like, yeah, th- this was this did its job and its job is done. So the yeah. poly pockets were part of the excitement of getting it and opening it up, and they have they have served their time.
0: You know, um, something that struck struck me when we were talking about holidays. This is not just always your own kid's um, birthday, but we've talked before about goodie bags, right? And I know <laughs> yes. you have an extreme yes. hatred of them. I do. So my approach to the goodie bag now is like I let. You know, it's only really Clara now getting goodie breaks. Right. Oh, and every now and then I'll go to a party when they have them. But most of the kids have aged out of that. But right. I will let her eat the candy out of it immediately. Okay. Like right away. Because there's usually not that much, like two or three yeah. pieces. Then um, I take the pencils out. Because I mm-hmm. am a pencil hoarder. Because with five kids in the house, I feel yep. like we we just need lots of pencils. Mm-hmm. And then I just trash the rest <laughs> mm-hmm. when she's not looking. And it's never, it's just never been a thing. Like, no. I don't know. Like, I they think it's fun, like you said, just to get right. it it served its purpose like they got the bag they got to Mm -hmm. dig through it they saw there was some fake teeth in it or like a (laughs) a ring or whatever if claire was really attached to any of the things in that bag she would have taken them out already and done something with them you know so she's more attached to the whole.
1: one more layer of that because i do have reed in particular is especially attached to stuff and has like true anxiety about getting rid of stuff he's better But um, they each have a drawer or a place in their room that they call their special drawer. And I started this with Reed when he was like three or four because he he would, like he had like pre-hoarding tendencies. And I know that I've talked to other people whose kids do. Um, And so I just say, go put it in your special drawer. And the special drawer is just a drawer on the top of his dresser where I don't have to look. And the truth is when the special drawer is full... He has to look in there and realize that there's a bunch of stuff he hasn't cared about in a long time, but at least gives him a little semblance of control back. Yeah, um, no, I like that. And so then I don't have to look at it. And so that yeah. specifically, like especially birthday party, um, goodie bags, anything else, rocks, he collects, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he feels like he's in charge, but it doesn't end up being the miscellany. The Yeah, <laughs> the top, no. You know. Claire has the
0: same – she has, like, yeah. a um an area. She calls it her crafting area. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of like a little nook of our – this kind of useless sunroom that we have that doesn't really right. serve any other purpose. And she's got lots of, like, little – like, I, I loaded it up with baskets and tins and stuff. And so when – something like that, I'll say, you know, if there's something out of this you want, go put it in your area. Right. And it goes – and I don't know her system. I can't figure it out. Um, I'm sure she – has some system and there's little bits of like Play-Doh things that she's made and let dry out and stuff. I just don't even like, I try not to be at all attached to that area. That's her area. Yes. It's in the living area of our house and people see it, but it's very obviously a child's area. There's like drawings and art everywhere. I mean, no one's going to walk in and be like, gosh, Megan's a slob. Like why is her Play-Doh everywhere? (laughs) So I just try to remove any anxiety i might have about that space because it's not my space it's not really my business you know so that does help as well she likes things she likes things and kids
1: can start to do that when they're very young So if if it is if it's becoming your clutter make it their clutter and give them a place to put it you know and eventually they run out of space and they with the with the distance of time in between they realize Mm -hmm. they don't really maybe need it yeah okay so we've talked a little bit about purging um which I would you agree? It's kind of like it's never perfect. There's no perfectly, there's no perfect purging schedule. It just no. has to happen, right? Well, like,
0: and and that's the thing. The other thing I really want to reassure moms, especially of young kids. Yeah. And, and we've said this a couple of times in different ways, but it really won't stay like this forever. You, yeah. When your kids are really little, you're sort of first of all, they are making messes all around you. They're mm-hmm. every time you put stuff away, they take it back out. Mm-hmm. Um. You have to invest so much time and energy just in caring for them, mm-hmm. and there's just it just doesn't leave a lot of space in your life for creating this like, you know, it's okay not to be yeah. a total mini- minimalist and for your yeah. house not to look like, you know, like, yes, like a Zen
1: magazine Actually. article or something. It's I I it's also want to say it's also okay if that's hard for you because yeah. I did notice in your Facebook debate yes um, conversation. I think there was like kind of two kinds of people almost like people who really struggled with clutter or mess or however you want to call it. And they weren't hoarders, but just where it felt stressful to them. And I would put myself in that category. And so while we're, you know, giving cheerful, encouraging advice to Kate and these other people, I just want to acknowledge that it is really hard for me. It's like up there in my top three struggles as a mom. And I'm not saying I need to do anything differently about it, but just accepting it and yeah. living in the mess and yeah. living with myself in the mess and not letting it be, you know, really a problem for me mentally is hard. So I get that. acknowledging that, you know, is OK. It, it's, if that's not easy for you, you are not alone.
0: And I think that also there are ways to even kind of, because I don't love being in a you know, really messy space either. If there's a lot of clutter in a place, I'll just kind of start avoiding that area right. of the house. Right. Um, so one of the strategies that I've talked about for a long time is just making sure that if there's areas that I am going to occupy a lot mm-hmm. or they're important to me, those are the places I focus first.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and even if that means ignoring a kid's room. Yeah. I will ignore the heck out of a kid's yeah. room because yeah. it's not a place, you know, unless it's like a baby's room that I have to go in every day. It's not as important to me as making sure my dining room table isn't right. covered with stuff, right. um, which is a problem. Like John does computer work and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of tiny little screws and um, <laughs> screwdrivers and yeah. little pieces. I can't even identify a little yeah. hard, tiny little hard drives and stuff. They're all right. over the place. And I have to get on him to like, you can, this can't be on my dining room table. Right. You right. have to find your own place for this because that's... A place I need to have clean my kitchen right. counters have to right. be cleaned off like right. that stuff I think that's okay like to kind of have your yeah your sanctuary your trigger areas yeah. whatever you call them yeah um if your bed has to be made or your you know bureau has to be cleaned yeah. off like it's okay to prioritize those yeah. and I think sometimes that can kind of be like a little like you walk in and look at it and go oh, okay yeah yeah I can deal yeah with that. and it
1: just takes time I feel yeah. like it takes time to figure out what? Where your tolerance is? I think I tell myself a little bit of a baloney story sometimes that I'm okay with mess because right. that's my reality. But in fact, it, I think it'd be better for me to acknowledge that I'm not okay with it and put a little bit more intention into fixing it. Do you know what I right. mean? Like yeah. So you have to find where that place is where you don't feel like you're a slave to um, an unattainable perfection but also that you are taking time for the things that are important to you cl- cleaning wise or clutter wise. Yep. Okay. So okay, well that was a little philosophical interlude. I want to finish up maybe <laughs> the next 10 minutes or so by talking about um just little strategies for organizing the crap that is in your house. So let's yeah. acknowledge that some is going to come in. We've talked about yep. sort of like the floodgates and maybe ways to um control a little bit or manage what comes in and about getting rid of stuff when it's time. But let's assume that there is a certain amount of crap that will be part of your life for many years. And so little tips for organizing. So I have a few, and I know that you do, even if you haven't written them down just because you're, you've been managing a home for a long time. So, um, so I guess the first thing I wanted to bring up is that some people choose to have like dedicated play space, like a basement or a playroom or Have the toys in the kids' rooms, and other people kind of integrate um, toys and stuff and kids' stuff into the rooms of the house. I know it depends on your home and all that. How that has that worked for you guys?
0: Um, well, now it's not. Again, it's not as big. Yes, or yeah. How did it when when they were babies and toddlers? Um, I had like a like an. I almost I think actually it was I bought it at Pier One. I remember that clearly, and I think it was sold as like a shoe like a shoe bench or something. You know, it was like one of those kind of low bench things that had like different cubbies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was out in our living room and it was covered with toys. But Mm -hmm. I made sure I only put the toys on it that I would feel okay about being strewn around the room Mm -hmm. if company were to stop by. Mm -hmm. So it was stuff like the beautiful wooden wire roller coaster and like, you know, that kind of stuff, things like... Things that were a little more easily contained, like big Mm -hmm. blocks and Mm -hmm. not, you know, tiny little piece things or, you know, little clothes. So that was kind of how we handled that. I wanted the toys to be more integrated because it made my life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have the kind of – we've really never had the kind of setup where the kids could just – we live in Michigan. We live in Michigan. We've always lived in older homes. And so there's just never really been that basement that could be like the run
1: amok area. Yeah, Um, California does not have basements almost like across the board. So,
0: right. And with so many kids, we've never had an extra room for it. So we've really had to integrate to some degree. And I've, it just makes my life easier to know that I can be working in the living room and a kid can be playing on the floor next to me. Um, but that was kind of our approach. I don't, it's funny though, when you start talking about systems, that's where I feel like I start to fall apart a little bit because I've never really had a system besides, I've never had a consistent organizing system besides be vigilant. Yeah, and stay on your feet. That's really like yeah. just do something. No. You know, pay attention, maintain, 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 and do something every day to make your space a little bit better. Yeah. And sometimes that looks very, you know, sometimes that might be because I bought a certain thing that right. at IKEA or wherever the crate the container store that just happened to work really great for my space, and that is always a surprise right. to me because I feel like I've spent a lot of money on organizing yeah. containers and things over the years, and been like, uh, right, you know, um. But most of it is just action for me.
1: Yep. Uh, No, I agree. And we we also have always had toys pretty much integrated. Our our last house in Arizona had a loft upstairs that was a great playroom. But when the ages that our kids were when we were there, they weren't playing as much independently. They were really little, and it was upstairs when I was often downstairs. So I don't feel like it got used in the way that it might now, or that a basement would get used if your kids were a little older. But um, so I I do have a couple specific tips. Number one is to have, and this kind of does come a little bit from Konmari method, is to have primarily one place where everything goes. So what I mean by that is if you pick up a toy and ask your spouse or a kid, an older kid, where does this go? That there's pretty much only one answer. That doesn't mean that like, oh, it could go in this bin. And I don't have, I don't have like super labeled systems or like really rigid expectations. But for the most part, Legos go in this bin. Baby yeah. doll stuff is all gathered together in a Lakers room in a big bin. Now, does it make it to that place every time? No. And sometimes, like the way Brian cleans up, is like just <laughs> to put everything in the nearest bin. Right. And of course, that's like a fundamental like personality difference with us. But didn't we realize that like you, you like yeah. I am Brian? Yeah. Probably <laughs> I think we should figure that out at one but- point. Yeah. He is able to declutter or pick up a room in like 20 seconds because he yeah. just puts everything in the nearest bin. I'm actually more likely to let the clutter sit for half a day or a day and a half yes. until I can thoroughly put everything away. I don't think it's either or, I think. But I do think that as your kids get older and are able to help putting put things away, having having everybody agree that this is the bin of plastic animals and that this is where they go. It gives, it allows you to expect a little bit more accountability from other people. When you say put things away that really everybody knows. And the KonMari method, she was so big on having everything of a similar type only live in one place. Like you don't have some purses hanging by the door on a hook and other purses in in your closet. You have all the back, you know, so she was really extreme about that. But I do think that when I start to feel overtaken by, what I call like miscellany. Mm -hmm. It's because I, I, I need to stop and think, okay, where did these things really belong? And maybe that's when it's time for like a minor overhaul where we decide, okay, all the baby doll stuff is going to go in Violet's room now, or it's all going to come downstairs because she plays so much with it. So that's one thing is, is to, for the most part, try and have items of a category really belong together in one place and have everybody know where that place is. Um, Let's see what my next one was. Um, oh, this is one for upstairs and downstairs, or if you have a larger house. Um, we have a couple baskets that are like basically lost and found or miscellany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's one per kid, and they're 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 pretty baskets that are kind of hidden in a bookshelf. They're not. They don't look junky. You can't even see what's in them. But when I find things downstairs, like we're talking about the little like the calico critter yeah, dishes yep. that are tiny. If I wasn't sweeping them into the dustbin, I would put them in Allegra's lost and found basket. And then her chore would be whenever I decide, it's not like on a schedule, but to take that up to her room and put those things where they go. And that way I'm not trekking up and putting all this miscellaneous things. And also then if they ask me where something is, the first thing I say is, check your basket. So it's like a cubby kind of, I guess. Yeah,
0: no, we had a very similar um, system. It's actually a funny story about that. Like when the kids were all littler and there was much more miscellany um, for each specific kid. Yeah. Um, we did that. they were just they were all lined up at the bottom of the stairs and our stairs were behind a door, so people couldn't see that they were there, and I could just open the door and chuck stuff in. And um I kind of fell out of the habit of doing that over the years just because it became less necessary. And we moved into a different house where like it was easier just to hand stuff to kids and have them take it up. And anyway, long story short, my mother-in-law one day said something like, Oh, I was reading this article in Better Homes and Gardens the other day, and I was I read this really great tip. About putting stuff in baskets and taking it upstairs. And then she's like, and then I realized that you wrote it. And I was like, oh. And then she said, but you don't do that. And so it was like, I totally got called out by my mother in law. But I had written the tip like three years earlier and I right. had just then made it into the magazine. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't do that anymore. But that's, you know, it's such a great example of how things can change. Yeah. So you don't have to get married. To If something's working for you, like this is, I feel like, Sarah, this is like the, the drum we beat constantly, mm-hmm. right? But something can be working for you now. And it can be the best thing in the world. And it can mm-hmm. be great. And that doesn't mean in a year it's going to serve a purpose anymore. So right. you can let go of uh, a technique or an idea as right. well or try something right. new
1: and see if it yeah. works better. Um, and, and I think those times when we start to feel frustrated or anxious or uncomfortable is the times when the opportunity is presenting itself right. to change up. You know, when yeah, things are absolutely. no longer
0: working. Um, I want to make another comment about having it have a place. Okay. Um I think sometimes okay, I live in an older house that has very little storage. Like the mm-hmm. storage situation in this house is really wonky. And there unless I was to just buy 8 million baskets and then mm-hmm. I have a basket clutter problem, yeah. right? Like there really just isn't a place to put some things yeah. away. Some things are mm-hmm. always going to be out. And mm-hmm. an example of that, I you know, I love scarves. Mm-hmm. Um and I have like several light jackets that I wear Mm -hmm. when it's not really you know winter I have my one heavy winter coat but I have like several like lighter ones that I wear when the weather's nicer and there's really just not a very good place to put them away there's Mm -hmm. hooks at the very front of the house but that's not convenient for me because that's never where I am when I'm getting dressed it's like I just need them like in my bedroom but I don't want them in my closet because there's not room in my closet to make a long story short so I have this I have this chair in my bedroom and for a while I just found that I kept chucking stuff on that chair and I didn't Mm -hmm. like it like it felt like I wasn't I wasn't putting things away, right. but then I realized really it made the most sense for my light jackets and my yeah. scarves to go on that chair because yeah. it's really the place that's in front yeah. of me. I can see them laying out. Yeah. So now I just lay them
1: really nicely yeah, <laughs> on the chair. No, you just and change it, your you know, mind that, that's, yeah. that that is... Where they It go. felt like a I cop out. It.
0: And I kind of looked around. I was like, where, where else could they go? Could they go in the yeah. closet? Well, it's not going to work. There's not really enough room. Could they right. go out in front? Of, no, that's not going to work. It's inconvenient. that I'm going to be spending all this time like walking back and forth trying to figure out which scarf I want to wear. That's not going right. to work. And I thought right. finally, like, I, and then, okay, I could buy something to put them in, but why would I do that? Like, why don't I just make it look nice? Right. And now I, instead of looking at that chair like, Like a cast off or an afterthought, that is my like scarf and jacket chair, and nobody really sits in that chair anyway, so that's fine. It's that's what it is. That's the the purpose it serves. I think sometimes we can be a little more flexible about what put away means.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Here, here. I don't have anything to say to that except I just totally (laughs) agree. And sometimes it's as simple as changing your definition of what is correct or what is acceptable. Right. And what
0: does put away mean? I mean, exactly. Exactly. I think we're we're expected to have these like for example kitchens where nobody knows that we have anything in our kitchen. But unless right. you have a kitchen where you have huge amounts of storage where you can put away all your small appliances, right. stuff's going to be out. People and are going to know that is, you
1: use stuff. There is something um much more peaceful and satisfying about feeling like you've put something away. And all you have to do yeah. is decide that that's where it goes instead that's where of it goes. decide that it's that already it's away. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. So, okay. So here's another kind of specific tip. And that is if you have, I have a lot of bins and baskets, um, you know, for toys in every room. Um, and it, it does help, I think, to buy ones that look nice. And I've done that in different ways over the years, but the key with bins and baskets for me, whatever I decide goes in that one is to not have them be overflowingly full. I think there's something Mm -hmm. really kind of, um, like frustrating and, and anxiety producing about some like cramming stuff in and then trying to get something out. And this goes for everything, the drawers that your clothes are in. So unless you really are bursting at the seams truthfully from a square footage perspective, try to give yourself the gift of containers that are not too full. Does that make sense? So like pick pick something where it's never going to be full to the brim. I think this is helpful for kids too. We have a dress up we have a dress up bin upstairs by their bedrooms with all the like hats and scarves, that kind of dress up stuff. And then I keep Halloween costumes, which are like bigger, you know, like full costumes in the garage, which we only get out for Halloween or if they really want to put on a play or something. And every once in a while, those, the costumey stuff will sneak upstairs and go in this dress up bin. And I, they, they have a harder time putting stuff away. I get so mad when I pull this bin out and it's like, hats and wands are just sticking out and it's just something more calming about a bin that has room in it i don't know it maybe this is like sounds totally out to left field but i think if you if If you are doing organizing, you're planning where stuff's gonna go, give yourself room, literally, like extra room for either for you to add more stuff on there or just to feel like you can go through it without it being spilling over the top. I think that's like a metaphor for life or something.
0: No, I completely agree. Okay, one thing that just popped into my head that I feel like I have to cover before Mm -hmm. we say adieu is that the reality of our lives as parents and moms and people with small people in our house is that there's always gonna be like a pending. Like yes. pending yes. stuff that's pending in right process. Yeah. in process and I feel like we need to plan for that and not have it feel like a failure or like right. like an afterthought because mm-hmm. okay here's an example I'm sitting at my desk right now and I'm looking at this and this is something I'm not always great about because I feel like I should take care of things faster mm-hmm. but it's not always within my control so I have a a picture that I've had on my wall forever one of the kids knocked it off the glass broke Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, for me to take care of this picture, I don't want to take it out of the broken frame until I have a new frame mm-hmm. to replace it with. It's an odd size. I got to order it off Amazon. So that's mm-hmm. step one. Step two is I'm going to have to take it outside and take the glass out safely. You know, so there's like right. all these things that yep. have to happen before that can really be truly taken care of. And so there has to be a place for that. I mean, I can't just pretend like that stuff doesn't ever happen. And you can't you know, it's-
1: just do it now. Conventional <laughs> advice. No, I can't Marie just Fonda's do it now. And- right. Right. The- would say, well just take care of it. If you can't take care of it right now, schedule it in your calendar or put it yeah. in you just it's right. just not feasible all the time in these phases right. of our lives.
0: Exactly. So I have like a a inbox on my desk that's really just a big pile of stuff that I haven't dealt with yet. And I feel good because it's in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell when I start to, when it when I start to get anxious is when that spills over and there's a second pile next to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I try to like Jimmy, a third pile, like going the other mm-hmm. direction. You know, and you start that's to when forget I forget what's
1: in that pile. <laughs> like, right.
0: That's when I know that's too many piles. But if you have a pile, that's okay. Like we don't, not everything. And sometimes I'm the kind of person, if I put something away, sometimes I forget about it. So I can't just put things out of sight because they will truly be out of mind so like returns like um they haven't printed out the return thing yet and haven't bothered to take it to the mailbox yet or whatever those things need a place to go to and those and it's that's life right we all have those things it's not like a failure because you haven't gotten that return in the mail yet or you haven't taken that thing back to the store or fixed this or hung that or whatever it's not always as simple as do it
1: now yeah, and just to be gentler with yourself about it, like that—that yeah. is part of your decor. Like, miscellany is part of your home. Yes, it's not a beast right. to be tamed all the time. Sometimes, right. like, you get the energy and you tame the beast, but the beast will come back. The beast is always going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot. Um, again, did. Thanks, thanks to Kate from San Francisco and your really sweet note. I hope we kind of addressed some of these things. You're not alone in wanting to curb the what did you call it a tidal wave a tidal yes. wave of crap <laughs> yeah uh, we know what you're talking about yeah that's all that's all i got for now all of this will be at themomhour.com this is episode 35 and we will be please leave
0: a comment and let us yeah. know your struggles though and what you think about the kanmari method and all other yeah. if you have another organizing method that you like better or whatever um would love to hear it
1: yes we would love to all right thanks everybody we will be back next week next week. See ya. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour, a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone That's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. We have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to.
0: If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do
1: is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.